0: Alright ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of the Busted Header podcast back after the summer hiatus. Um, we're filming this episode right after the Pistons' uh, first preseason game, which was a win against the Spurs. Um, I'm joined as always by the man whose reputation always precedes him, Jake aka Halbritius.
1: That's not how the tweet goes. Is it not? No, no, no. It's, it's My reputation does not precede me. It
0: follows in my wake. It follows behind in wake. Yes, there it is. <laughs> can we get a Detroit a basketball?
1: That's that's all I care about.
0: Detroit basketball. basketball. We
1: we lagged out real bad. It's not great. I'm still I'm hyped. I could fight a Grizzly right now. It's great. <laughs> you, I saw that tweet earlier. <laughs> um, I'd lose obviously, but like
0: we'd, we'd throw some punches. At the Grizzlies roster. Yeah, I'm taking I'm taking anyone on the Grizzlies roster. <laughs> Including, they still have a, what's Duke Boy's name? Um, oh, the most punchable face in history. Grayson Allen. Grayson Allen, thank you. <laughs> the Zodiac I'm blanking on that.
1: Look, God. I think I outweighed John Morant by like 25 pounds, so.
0: <laughs> yeah, he's going to hit you four times before you even knew what happened, though. Like I said, speed. I
1: can fight it. I can fight a Grizzly. <laughs> I can't win. I can fight a Grizzly.
0: <laughs> I'm just like picturing my head like the... Like the cartoon ninja, where like you didn't see him move at all, and then the other person just like falls over. <laughs> That's what I'm picturing happening in that, happening in that fight.
1: Oh, I'm so glad to okay, be back so and talking about things loosely related to basketball.
0: <laughs> Very much going to be the podcast today. Not really a theme, I don't think, coming into this one. Uh, just just basketball catching up. Yep, and enjoying that Pistons basketball is back, and we have a season. Is it that is it truly up. back though? Is it truly back? Well, I mean truly back no it's not gonna be truly back until what the end of october for the regular season but oh i was just talking about when killian hayes wears the u- uniform again that's all i care about killian killian yes not 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 the other point guard
1: <laughs> no i don't know i think i think i know where my loyalties lie i think i, I think i've been very clear all right
0: a ra- oh. Fandom is not a rational thing, Webster It is not That is why we're all Pistons fans <laughs> And hey. all those Lions fans are Lions fans And hey. every hey. other Detroit team that's awful
1: Unlike Arsenal and the Lions And honestly even Michigan football We became fans of the Pistons When they were good
0: <laughs> That is true, technically yes That is actually true
1: <laughs> All the rest of them, <laughs> the minute I joined Everything up, else was sucked. not
0: <laughs> From start to At least from the start some of them got good later on, but yes, the Pistons we started at the top and have gone nowhere but down. <laughs>
1: yeah,
0: yeah. I'm going a brief aside. I guess I joined the Nats at the at the perfect time. What are you weird Tours.
1: DC fandoms, you fucking wizard fan? Weird ass, <laughs>
0: fucking wizard, fucking <laughs> wizard. Okay, where do you want to start?
1: At the beginning. So there was this big bang, and then Ben Wallace <laughs> appeared. did the joke there?
0: And he blocked that shit.
1: <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know where to Fact start. Aired. It's a preseason game, man. We don't talk about the game necessarily. Uh, we kind of do. We definitely go into it. <laughs> we kind of do. I don't know. What did you see from the game? What was new for you?
0: Uh, Kenny, Kelly Olenek annoyingly looked good. I thought that was the biggest uh, thing that stood out to me. You mean shoulder breaker? Knocking... Yeah, yeah. He was knocking down <laughs> shots. He was playing good defense. I, I hated every second of it. I but... didn't understand the offseason discourse. Like, at all.
1: Like everyone it was, I kept I kept seeing like oh the offense is going to be better and the defense is going to get worse and I was like no it might be the other way around like yeah people uh, Mason Plumley like had a triple double here last year. Like Mason Plumley is like a really great screener and playmaker and like yes having shooting like how do I it makes the geometry easier. Like it's just like ah we give it to the guy who can shoot but like Mason Plumley was really good for your offense. Mason Plumley is mm-hmm. a terrible defender who also gave zero fucks last year. Just did not care. It was very clear when it was, like, the fourth quarter of a winnable game because Mason Plumlee was like, Whoa! <laughs> what if I play defense right now for four minutes? <laughs> and
0: uh, and it was never really the best result either from that. I
1: mean, he when he wants to be a defender, he can be, like, a C-plus, B-minus defender. Like, he can be an okay average defender. Kelly Olenek definitely, like, tries hard. Like, that's... <laughs> you can give him credit for that. He's the former Heat player. Like, he's, he's done that before. But uh, yeah, he was okay defensively, and he hit shots. He was Kelly Olynyk, the shoulder-breaking mm-hmm. motherfucker that he is.
0: Yep. I will say another kind of adjacent note to that was, I kind of like Trey Lyles. <laughs> <Boom. things.
1: laughs> boo! No. I hear a single boo, boo there,
0: so I'm gonna take that as you love that idea. Boo. His shot is just so smooth looking. I don't. When it I works. Think a, I think it's the Austin. It's the Austin day where it's like, it looks smooth and I saw him hit like two or three like threes. And I'm like, you know,
1: maybe. No, no. We're out. I'm all the way out on that. All the way out on that. I But I, mean, I figure at least. Uh, no. I'm I'm so bored by the idea of watching Trey Lyles. The the, the reason
0: I bring that up is more to say than me kind of liking Trey Lyles in a little bit of that sense is more that <laughs> obviously we're taking this right after the preseason game. Don't read too much into it, just because, you know, you like someone, someone had some good shots, it's still a preseason game, those guys really don't care that much, the season just got done not that long no, ago. No, see
1: you're, see, you're wrong, see, uh, for the next, what is it, two and a half weeks, or whatever it is, until the regular season, the preseason is the most important basketball that has ever been played. Okay. Right, right now, Trey Lyles is like the third best shooter in the NBA, okay? That's just how this works.
0: Clip that. Audio department get on that. <laughs> <laughs> I
1: am the audio department, and the clipping department, <laughs> and the tweeting department. <laughs> Turns out I do all the socials.
0: <laughs> Unfortunately, they don't get paid by the tweet. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> if I did. <laughs> Bankrupt tr- Twitter single-handedly.
1: Uh, um, that bench unit is going to be so boring this year. Yeah. Like, just so boring. Watching Kelly Olenek, and like Kojo, and Lyles, and whichever the wings is coming off the ba- is going to just suck the soul out of me. I don't, mm-hmm. like, especially if they just let Kojo run everything and they don't give Hami the ball. Like, at least if I get Hami experiments, I'll be fine, but otherwise, my god.
0: Yeah, except for the occasional, like, Hami transition dunk. Well, and they're going to play like, slow, because
1: yeah. Kojo does not play fast, ever. <laughs> so, like, yeah, it's going to, that bench is going to be boring.
0: Mm-hmm. Good,
1: probably. Like, they'll be a solid bench, but boring. Yeah.
0: I mean, it's a team of, like, a bench unit of veterans, which is... they're all, like, 32. I mean, I would expect nothing less from, you know, the Pistons to pair, like, a really young starting lineup with a very experienced bench. Uh, Do you think any of those bench guys you named will have a chance to get some run with the starters? Do you think it's going to be the kind of baby group of, like, Cade, Killian, like, Sadiq, Isaiah Stewart, and Jeremy? Uh, Kelly Olynyk. I guess... Would make a lot yeah, of sense. Olynyk like, is going to be the one. I
1: I think he makes more sense starting, um, for the purposes of Cade than anyone else. But uh, I still prefer a more traditional big next to, to Killian, um. And I don't know if we've talked about this before. I've, I know I've tweeted about it before, but basically, just when you have a a point guard that likes to like probe and get into the lane, having somebody who who is more of a threat at the rim and who is a better screener just like really helps. That Kelly's not bad, but. It, you know, I definitely thought Mason Plumlee was a major advantage there. So, yeah, I think Stewart's probably a little better. He knows he's uh, really good at um, like spacing in the pick and roll, but he doesn't have the same explosiveness over like the the last five feet, last three yards, or whatever it is to catch lobs and whatever.
0: But it'll be fine. It'll be fine. Yeah, yeah. Do you think Isaiah Stewart didn't have, I would say, the best game? But I feel like they were using him a little bit differently in that. They seem like they want to kind of move him around a bit more offensively. He made a three. He looked pretty comfortable back behind the line. I, Do you think we're gonna? I mean, he banked in compared a three. to last.
1: He, he he It was a bad. What, I
0: was else. shot. Maybe I was thinking of someone else who made a three that I liked. Maybe it was more Trey Lyles. Let's get Trey <laughs> Lyles in the brain. Because uh, uh, <laughs> stu has got some mechanical things he'll have to work out. It's
1: it's uh it's a step in the right direction, but like he's got the thing that a lot of big men get where they, they start shooting 12 footers where they shoot really high above their head. And what happens is there's no, um, y- you don't get great range control when you do that just cause you're, you're doing it all with like a flick of the wrist at the end. And he also, mm-hmm. he, his elbow is very acute. He, he loads it like behind his head a bit. Um, and so just overall, there's a lot of arm in his shot, and it's just going to cause a lot of inconsistencies until they get that worked out. I don't think he's going to be shooting a high percentage this year. I, I think he'll get yeah. a decent volume. They like at the end of last year, they very clearly were like, hey, go shoot the, the rock, go put shots up." Uh, I wouldn't mm-hmm. be surprised if that's the case this year, but I don't I don't see him being more than like 32 percent.
0: yeah uh, kind of with the kind of with the shooting angle. Um, Saban Lee had not, obviously, a great game shooting it that's never been his forte, but his shot looked rough. I was Like, it did not look improved at all from last year. Yeah, the Summer League,
1: he hit a few, and I thought that looked okay, but he, yeah. Mm. Uh, he took one shot that was one of the ugliest jumpers I've seen in a long time, and yep. I I just, like, his shot needs a complete rebuild. There's just, like, no saving what he does, so... I don't. I don't know how to feel about it.
0: Yeah, what would you say is kind of the biggest concern with the shot right now?
1: He pockets it like all the way to the side of his head, like it come. Okay. It comes up over his shoulder, and he like m- like, uh, shot put. Like he sh- he's like shot putting it before he lo- launches, and it's all in the arm. That you know, and mm. what you want to do is you want your arm to be at a right angle. You want your elbow to be, um or you want, like, your bicep to be perpendicular with the floor so that when you jump, you're driving all that force straight up your forearm into the ball, and then as you extend, it just it's just a very natural arc. And then you're controlling all the power with uh, with your torso and with your legs, and you're controlling the aim with your arm. Anytime you're controlling power with your arm, you don't have any consistency. You're going to end up with a weird release. Um, yeah. And so when you see guys like Stu, and when you see guys especially like what Sabin's doing there's there will never be consistency and that's why you see um even guys we consider great scorers and great shooters like kobe bryant never really had an efficient three ball because by the time you get it out to that line it's it's mostly about luck whether you're you know whether you shoot 50 percent on threes that night or 12 percent. you know there's just sometimes you'll have kobe bryant hitting he he had an 11 right he he had the 11 threes in a game
0: i believe so i would have to Look it up and see. It's I, want, I want to say he had <laughs> that minute. record
1: before Clay and Steph and everyone started to break it. But, like, he could have so great must, games, but he had that breathe. two motion shot where he would leap and then basically just throw the ball in. And then post fades and stuff, it works great. And then three point shots, sometimes you have horrible shooting nights. And that's why he was like a career average 34%, something like that. And that's just, you know, that's just how the cookie crumbles in that regard. How- For
0: the record, uh, Kobe had the record with 12. 12. Until it was broken in 2005, before the Steph and Clay, by Danielle Marshall, who tied it with 12. Yeah, who,
1: who <laughs> tied it with 12. Yeah, I knew I knew it was it. it was him and Danielle, and then Steph and Clay broke it.
0: Danielle Marshall is a name I have not heard of or thought of, <laughs> remembered as a person in years. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. I I, right. I
1: thought Sadiq Bay looked pretty good tonight. I don't know about you.
0: I, he did. He's he, he kind of go ahead. He kind of extended. I feel like where he was looking. Uh, like during the the summer league, where he looked extremely comfortable with the ball. He looked like he was ready to kind of take that, you know, sophomore elite forward. And as I saw, like you and some of the people on Twitter, that his offensive game just looks a lot more, like, comfortable, especially the way he's taken, you know, drives to the lane. And he just looks like a more, I guess, all-around offensive player this year. than last year where he was a lot of kind of, you know, step back, fade away from three, get it off the dribble or get it off the catch to start the year. So I think he just looks more comfortable and more like he's making – Move forward, so yeah. I, I thought especially with someone who came into the league at his age, that's something I wasn't sure was going to happen right away.
1: Yeah, I, I thought he made the expected sophomore strides, right? Like, the, the finishing is one of those things where, as a rookie, you just don't understand how the floor geometry has like changed for you. Like, we saw this with Bruce Brown, right? Bruce couldn't finish anything his first year, and it's like it's not a lack of athleticism, though, though, um, Sadiq definitely isn't a vertical athlete, but it was like. It's just you're taking off from spots that you can't take off from in the NBA because you're giving guys time. And he's figured out, I think, that kind of floor geometry a little bit, and that's definitely seen improvements. He's so strong. I mean, yeah, <laughs> this was the case when he was a freshman t- or a, a rookie too, but, like, he's so strong, and he's he's learning how to use it. He's getting those shoulders in front of guys, and they're just not. Getting back around him, it's it's uh, his he's starting to do some like triple st- uh, threat stuff, a little like the the Carmelo Anthony moves where Melo used to just like dig a shoulder into you and move you, and then you just were done because you you can't mm-hmm. get around those shoulders. Um, I I think that's a really nice development. Um, I thought he uh what's how do I want to say this? I thought his playmaking. Was a bit overrated. Really, oh. you're
0: saying in this game or kind of in the summer league or what?
1: No, in this game, I thought he. Yeah. How do I put it? There, was, I I saw some stuff on Twitter about like, oh, he's moving the ball great, and like, he made one really nice wrap around. He made one really bad pass off a good read, um, and like other than that, he didn't do it. Like, it was almost all him shooting still. So, all right, that I'm I'm okay with that, but like. The leap for him into stardom, the leap for him into being great is playmaking. I don't think we saw it. We did see him be a lot more patient and poised, I think. Um, As you said, he's just a lot more comfortable with the ball in his hands. But the playmaking, I think, is still yet to come.
0: Can we talk a bit about Jeremy Grant, who I would say was our... Him and Sadiq were probably the two best players that we had on the floor. Oh, yeah. But Jeremy was... He looked just the same as last year offensively. Kind of back to where he kind of started the year last year, um, where... He could do it all. He was. He looked like he was extremely comfortable on the court, and I feel like the team played better when he was there more than anyone else in that starting lineup. Oh, so, yeah. I, like, I think he just
1: looks a little more poised. Even, um, yeah. you know, he's he's going slow before he goes fast, even more than he did last year. Um, you know, we saw him take a couple pick and roll opportunities and take, you know, just take like that dribble, kind of around the free throw line and kind of change directions and. and make some reads on the defenders that I don't think we really saw last year. Last year it was a lot of him just racing guys to the rim with long strides. Um, yeah. you know, and if he manages to to get the kind of change up stride working, I think that's going to be really good for him. Um, you know, I think that'll really help him draw fouls, which, you know, was a an issue last year. He drew a lot of fouls, but he didn't always draw them when he wanted them, you know. Um, yeah,
0: and which we talked about a bit last year and some of the calls that he probably should have gotten. Right, in. and like He
1: he was like a top 20 most fouled player or something last year when he was like, I think before the all-star break, that was the case. I know he trailed off a bit towards the end, but like he was getting calls, but he wasn't manufacturing them in the way the, the like top foul guys manufacture calls. You know, he was just getting the ball a lot Mm -hmm. and driving a lot. And it just kind of ended up that way. Um, And obviously I think he should have gotten more. I think in general drivers should be getting more calls than they do in the NBA, (laughs) Uh, but yeah, I I just I hope we see more poise, and I hope that poise then leads if he's able to slow down, and be comfortable. Basically, because it's all about your dribble, right? If you're able to slow down, it's because mm-hmm. you're comfortable dribbling in traffic. And if he's able to do that, I think that opens up like opportunities for him to read the floor as a playmaker too. So that that's you know, can he be a five assist a game guy? Because I think he was at like two last year. Um, you know, can Damn. he make that playmaking leap? Because that's what makes you a number one option. Um, obviously, when you have Cade and Killian, you hopefully don't need to do too much um, in terms of, like, yeah, setting up that an that offense, I,
0: but... That was something I wanted to bring up, is once, of course, Cade is healthy, which the ankle... I haven't been paying too much on Twitter, but is this an actual ankle injury, or is this an ankle injury?
1: I Both of them have been, like, shooting around. None of, neither of them have been seeing a boot or anything, so I don't think it's serious, but, yeah. I mean, you're not going to hold out players that young you know this is valuable experience for them so you're not gonna hold them out unless Mm -hmm. something is actually wrong but um you know season opener i think there's everyone is still confident they're gonna play um it sounded most people sounded pretty confident cade was only gonna miss this game if he missed any so um that's good to hear yeah i I would expect them to be back in action next game which i think is uh, like a week from now it's a little ways out right
0: yeah i think we got a little bit of time before the next one um I got the schedule up right here, and it looks like the next one is on Monday, the 11th. So, yeah, a little bit of time before of we. Time. I think we play three that week. So, yeah, and then
1: it's um, a couple condensed games, and then it's a like a back to back with the Bulls to start the season. Whenever that kicks off.
0: Yep, not not, not night wise, but Bulls Bulls to start the year. Yeah, which I feel like I feel like that happens a lot. We play the Bulls a lot to start the year. I, don't I never know. understood that. It's always it's um, always
1: weird because. Uh, you play like 2k and you play like a season of 2k and obviously you start like if you if you play like two or three seasons of like pistons basketball they always start with the real schedule so you just like get locked into like whatever the schedule is and you just like know like the first 10 games like the back of your hand because you're like yep we started with portland this year i think it was was it last year i mean i haven't i I don't think i've bought a 2k in a while so probably was like two or three years ago it was the hawks it was just like, I knew that if I started a new career mode, for whatever reason, it was going to be the
0: Hawks. <laughs> game one against the Hawks. Game one
1: against the Hawks. It was like game two, was like Halloween against the Celtics or something, and I, I can't remember anymore, but it was, you know it. You know that schedule.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I'm really excited to see, you know, Cade and Jeremy Grant, see if Cade can kind of help take kind of the pressure off Jeremy to be such a distributor and such a ball handler. So I feel like Jeremy took obviously a lot of steps forward on last year's team, but at the same time, he was... Pushed into a role that he hadn't really done before, and despite how well he did last year, could really use another, um, you know, another couple of scores beside him. And Sadiq stepped up towards the end of the year, and kind of that midway to the end of the year, um, as being that secondary scorer. But I'm excited to see what Cade can do, taking the ball and taking the pressure away from Jeremy a lot. And I mean, well, more of the stuff that we talked about a million times over this offseason. I'm just excited to see Cade play. Right? And I, <laughs> I'm, I look forward to it. <laughs> I'm
1: fascinated by like what they do defensively too. Because like they're gonna mm-hmm. be a weird lineup that doesn't have maybe your most traditional center. They're gonna have to get a lot of help from the wings on rebounds. You know, d- who defends force, right? I, do you put Jeremy on? Like if you have an actual power forward, do you put Jeremy on him? Do you have Sadiq play? I, you know, and and kind of counter people in the post and you know because like how do you free up Jeremy to be a help defender? You know. Cade isn't great coming around screens, but he's a great off-ball, like, roaming defender. You know, you obviously, you want Killian Hayes to be, like, on people and trailing people, around. Just, like, a really fascinating question of how all these guys mesh together, because it's not, um, it's not like, say, the Sixers or the Celtics, where you have, like, all these powerful wings that you can just put on anybody, right? Like, there, there's definitely some... Um, this is going to be a team that's really good, I think, at closing down space uh, especially with that like predicted starting lineup and um, but I don't know if it's going to be like great at defending like the post I don't know how we're going to rebound and so there's just going to be a lot of questions about how all that works.
0: Um, I mean post defense in today's NBA isn't the biggest worry but you say that
1: but like there's a Joel Embiid and there's a there's a Nikola Jokic and there's a Jonas Valanciunas and you know like there's a whole lot of these guys that are still definite post threats and
0: i mean you bring up the concern about you know who's jeremy gonna guard at the four if we play a real power forward i don't think there's many like true power forwards are going to play but when we play them i think he'd be the one i'm not i'm not worried about
1: um well and i'm not worried about him defending like post up so much as like what does he do if he's got to get like even someone like a paul Millsap or a jeff green like these guys typically have pushed him around on the boards Right, like yeah. these guys are guys that box it. Like, how do you correct that? Because that's something you have to, as a coach, you have to think about your matchups and your spacing and who rotates where, in order to get rebounds. Right? You know, we're gonna switch. Sure. Yeah. Um, you know, you you know who, if you've got two guys on one wing, you know, do you switch to get a specific player as the low man to come in for the rebound? You know, do you let Jeremy run out and transition and switch Sadiq in to rebound? I I don't know. I mean, but I that's a,
0: even even like a Killian and like Cade they're both you know capable rebounders at the guard position oh yeah so I think I mean we'll see what Casey decides to do I would not be opposed to having those two kind of crash if they're in the area to get the rebound start the break have Jeremy already down the floor so I mean that's what I would say would be the you know ideal uh scenario but I think Isaiah Stewart is still a very good rebounder I think he's kind of I think you're underrating him in that regard. I'm not. Obviously, I'm not, there's I'm, more of a like, team defense going to come around it. But. We've
1: see, we saw it with Andre Drummond, right? Andre Drummond is like one of the greatest rebounders in the history of basketball, and he could barely keep the Pistons as like an average rebounding team because they just let him do it. And if he didn't get the rebound, nobody got a rebound. Right.
0: I think this is a it's a hard comparison between that because I feel like that Pistons team of old was, I mean, Reggie was a pretty good rebounder, but they weren't. I would say a all around as good a rebounding team as the. Kind of the talent even, we even have there you had currently. like
1: a Morris brother in there, I, we weren't great at it, and and it wasn't it wasn't because the players were bad rebounders. It's because they were like, well, Dre will get it, and so that's the thing. You have to have these people who are dedicated, coming in and, and rebounding. Right? If Isaiah Stewart's great True. at boxing out, he's an okay rebounder when it comes to like leaping for boards. You know, that's not really his strength. His strength I mean, his is
0: leaping good. is not a specialty, but he's good at he's good at like anticipating where the ball is going to be. in the yeah, He can he can do this way like
1: Steven it. Adams stuff, right? Where he, he roots somebody out and then your guard comes in and gets the ball. And it's, just, it's a question of how does this work? Because I think you and I, and I know a lot of other Pistons fans, want to see this team run, right? We yeah, want to see a transition 100%. game. We want to see these guys make quick decisions in transition. And that all starts with how do you get this team to secure rebounds at a high level and break and do that while Dwayne Casey is your coach? <laughs> because Dwayne Casey hates running.
0: That was, but, that was the thing.
1: <laughs> but like, how how do you do that? And the Pistons have a weird tool set where I think they have a lot of guys who are great in transition, but not a lot of guys who are great at starting transition.
0: I mean, I get, I get what you're saying with that, and that there's not kind of the cohesive rebounding necessarily that we've seen so far. But at the same side, I think in today's NBA, there's not as much focus on going for offensive rebounds. And I think you're just overthinking it too much on that. Isaiah Stewart's going to have a great box bit out from where on the center. It's come back a little bit from where it was five
1: years ago. Like, I mean, it like, has. Five years not... ago, it was like, everyone followed the Popovich rule of just, like, fuck offensive rebounds. Like, everybody yeah. get back. And now back people are, like, crashing the boards a little bit. And it's it's just more of a question of, like, I, I just want to see what they do. You know, like,
0: yeah. I mean, I'm curious the, to see there they are, do to there are wrong.
1: tools, there are schemes, but, like, how do you balance this, you know, because if – If we end up setting up in a half-court offense every single possession again. Oh, my God. (laughs) Like, I'm sorry. It's not fun. It's not. And, and frankly, it's not good basketball. Like, we traded away Seku, and you and I haven't talked since that happened. We traded away Seku, and one of the biggest sins we had while he was here is that we absolutely refused to do anything in transition even when he was on the court. Even when we knew that was the one thing Seiko can do is pressure the rim in transition, we refused. And this team cannot refuse to plan transition. Even if Dwayne Casey doesn't want to, Killian and Cade have to push this team in transition just by sheer force of talent, if nothing else. Mostly for my sanity.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I I mean, I agree 100% with that. I think Cade, I mean, from what I've seen of him in college at Oklahoma State, like, he looked like he he will push the ball in transition. I don't think I don't think in terms of him as a player, like slowing it down, I don't think that's something that he will look to do. It all depends on how Casey wants to coach it up. And that part scares me, because <laughs> Casey can definitely play some basketball that's not the most fun. And that is definitely one of the things. Um, and pushing the ball in transition is definitely one of the things that I feel like his teams have not excelled at. And I think this team has the characteristics um, to do that, but I just... I'm apprehensive about that happening. Uh,
1: I mean, So again, I think they have the right playmakers where if they're given license to go, they can go. I just want to see them given that license. I want to see them encouraged. And I kind of want to see them, even if Dwayne Casey says no, I kind of want to see them just take the bull by the horns and do it themselves. And in the past, we've had guys who've clearly wanted to do that and haven't, but like last year we saw spot minutes of Killian absolutely just like... Hey, run. I will like we're going to do transition stuff now. And you like I know that wasn't a coaching thing. <laughs> that
0: was a No, that was definitely that not something was a, that I'm, was I'm pushing.
1: a 20-year-old point guard and I wish to play transition basketball
0: stuff. <laughs> I am I am young and athletic and I want to run. That's,
1: that's I want to throw 40-foot bounce passes and you're going to let me throw 40-foot bounce passes now. So,
0: Yeah. I think we're both on the same page. Right? Yeah. We we want to see it but cautious against it. it just it's just it's it's with the we come back to it all face. the
1: time with Twin Casey where it's like Yes, he's a good coach in many things, but he's not a very fun coach. And we just would no. like to have some fun <laughs> for
0: once. It would be nice, especially with a bad team, to get, you know, fun coaching. And I mean, on the flip side, though, Dwayne Casey is known as a coach that will get the most out of young players. So I, part of me is like, you kind of got to let him do his thing. But, boy, can it, be, I, it can be hard to I watch sometimes.
1: Yes, and I just... I keep looking at that reputation of him as a development coach and then looking at the young talent the Pistons have had and been like being like, which ones has he developed? Because uh, all the talent he started with got traded away and none of them were, like... I was a little more hurt about it than most people and, like, nobody mm-hmm. out there is like, Luke Kennard made greatly, like... What's the giant success story he's got with the Pistons?
0: I mean, with the Pistons, I don't think... Yet to be seen, okay. to say the least. Okay, has Luke Kennard set the world on fire on the Clippers? Not exactly. No. So, so like
1: I we mean, haven't yet seen the the guy with the Pistons, and you know, we've seen incremental changes from a couple guys, but like all coaches are going to get incremental changes out of some guys. So like, where's the where where's the big thing? Where's the the player where we all thought he was I mean, a point guard? You and can you make turned-
0: the case that I mean, you can make the case that he really brought. Christian Wood from barely making a roster to signing a pretty good no, sized contract no you
1: can't because he was like that in it wasn't... in New Orleans or whatever the year before then he had a great end of the, end of the season there like th- this is just, and I'm not saying he's bad at this I'm okay. saying he has a reputation as being like really truly great at this and I just like most of his success stories are in Toronto who famously has the best G League program in the NBA True. and just like we haven't seen this giant leap from anyone in Detroit. So I have a hard time being like, ah, I'll just give him credit for that. Cause like the one project player he had was Seku, and Seku got worse every year. He was here mostly because it seemed like Dwayne Casey didn't want to give him, you know, didn't really want to develop him. Uh, they basically mm-hmm. said, we don't want to see what happens when you give Bruce Brown point guard minutes and traded him. Luke Kennard didn't do anything. Uh, you know, it's yet to be seen on Sadiq and Isaiah Stewart, but like, I don't,
0: I don't know. I just, I don't know. A lot I, of my overall for... point with Dwayne Casey was, and I think, I mean, I don't think it's changed that much from when, you know, when the extension came down for him was, I don't get why we're extending him any longer. He we signed him on a five year deal, and I think we were in what year? We just finished year three of it. Why did we sign him to an additional year? Like I don't, I don't think he was. He's done enough to prove to me that he's worth getting an extension on oh. I think five years is more than enough for Wayne Casey. Experiment. I'll
1: say this: I don't, I don't know of anybody I want like that because I don't care about winning right now. And I don't know of anybody where I'm like this dude definitely has, um, like has better credentials or anything. I'm not, I'm not saying fire. It's just like he's boring. I think he gets a little too much credit for things that we're not really sure. What? Actually, like, yeah, he's got a great culture in Detroit he's steering the ship well and that's that's all fine. I think they gave him an extension mostly for the security of it cuz like if you have to fire him to get the guy because you need to get the guy then you can do it and what you don't want to do is have a coach run his contract out and then leave you having to find a new guy
0: unprepared. I don't think there would ever be the case though with Dwayne Casey. I don't think he was uh, there are very few things I think he could have done during that 5-year deal or at least where we were at with it. That would lead to him leaving to go to another another position, especially at his age. Like no, I think it's kind of expected no, this is going to be the last.
1: But that's I I think it's just like you give him another year because you're not ready to do anything else yet, yeah. and you just want to have this like if you're working. Well, I'm not
0: saying I'm not saying fire him. I'm not saying no. I, I'm saying I, 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 let him I just, I'm just contract. saying like well let's see one more year because he was on for two more years. Yeah, that was think, that was my biggest. I that
1: think before. that you what you want to make sure is that all your players, most notably your first round pick all are confident that their coach is going to be there for two or three years. Like, nobody wants to think, oh, my God, what happens at, you know, like, if it's your sophomore year and you're Cade Cunningham and you know for sure that your coach is gone at the end of the year, that's just kind of a weird feeling. Because I think we're all pretty I confident mean, that he's gone whenever this deal is up. Just because, like, he's probably retiring, right? Like, yeah, whenever, I mean, whenever like, this contract probably, is yeah. done, he's probably retired. So I, I understand that part of it. I, I think it's just like I stability. Know, I get what you're saying about wanting like stability wanting has to an incredible amount of
0: value. And but I, you also you also don't want to have a coach in Cade's position who's going to be here and signed to 3 years and that's most of your rookie contract. Like I don't think not if he's a bad I coach, but I, a I don't think
1: either much. one of us thinks he's a bad coach, just a boring coach, and I think both of us want something yeah. different when it's time when it's go time, but I don't think either one of us thinks it's go time for 3 years. <laughs> no. You know. No. So I'm mean, gonna agree with I that. Think th- I, just... I think we're, I think it's all just fine. <laughs> yeah. And right. Fine. And right it's now, just... I don't think there's anybody out there on the market where I'm like, oh my god, I can't believe we're missing the window to sign, you know, whoever.
0: It's just. It's just little nitpicky things that I always. I feel like I always feel like with this piston steam and this, this, this. Just let the kids yeah. <laughs> run. Just <laughs> let the kids run. It's all but we care about. It's like just about. little nitpicky things where I'm like, I don't get the point. I don't know. I don't get the point of keeping him on, signing him for an extra year, and extending his contract to three years or something like that, when in the first three years he hasn't really shown much of improvement. No. And I don't know. That, that could be a very long, drawn-out topic to go on. So, And I'm sure we board enough people as it is. Mm-hmm. So,
1: All right, any last minute thoughts? thoughts?
0: I want to see Cade Cunningham play <laughs> in a Pistons jersey. Hopefully in, by the next time the, we pod, it'll, it'll In the Little happen. Caesars Arena with a oh, full oh, crown.
1: That new floor. Yes. That yes. that was what I forgot to talk about. We uh, we finally have a piece of branding that doesn't suck. It took like 15 years, but we have a piece of branding I, that doesn't
0: suck. It's great. I love that court. I'm I'm not the biggest fan of the blue, but I just the actual planks love that. Love I love that. the blue. I love that I color. Love I like
1: the I like blue in general. I like blue way more than I like red. I think red looks awful
0: on TV in most cases. Red in that in that situation would be it it's just it's, too much.
1: I, f- I feel the same way when I the watch a color. lot of Arsenal stuff where it's like, I just this is a lot of red on my TV and I just don't, it's It's not a good color for a lot of things. I just think it, like, it makes people look weird. Red is not a good color for people to wear, for a lot of people to wear. It's just, it's a weird thing. Blue is a great color. It's just like a much easier color on the eyes. I think the court looks great. I think the design of the court is really good. Uh, Like the little the basketball with the D up, just like that's a, an integration of your new branding that just works in a great mm-hmm. way. We haven't seen that kind of integration of your branding in years. Uh, we're getting lots of hints that Teal is coming back at some point. You know, we're getting lots of hints that there will be a rebrand. Uh, you just got the number one pick. You're launching a new era. It's just kind of all time having a new court that's like very obviously like not what the old court was. Like, this wasn't just a tweak. You know, this wasn't like, oh, we're just gonna tweak the color values and, you know, we're gonna make the key mm-hmm. blue instead. Like, no, this was a, a total redesign and it looks really good.
0: And yes, it's really promising. I agree completely. Pistons having good... One minor, one small bit of good branding. It's nice to see after all these years. <laughs> I still of just don't have...
1: I still have yet to choices. see a Pistons hat that I want to wear or a pi- piece of, like, Pistons, like... Uh like a sweatshirt or anything that I really am interested in. Yeah. You're wearing something and it makes me think you're like, you participated in summer league. Good job. Like that's, <laughs> it looks like a summer league yeah. warm up. I'm sorry. It's just, it's all boring it to me, but that's, uh, we're getting there. We're <laughs> baby steps, but any baby step forward is good. Cause we've been taking some big steps
0: backwards recently. Yes. hundred <laughs> percent. But between that, we'll take and we can get and in that between
1: that and the, the red, uh, jerseys from last year, it's like, yes, two things I like, the the Motor City jerseys, two things that were City not ones. terrible.
0: <laughs> Baby steps. Baby, Baby steps. steps.
1: I still need to get one of those. I need to get myself a Killian Hayes Motor City kit.
0: <laughs> we'll fa- we both we'll, need we'll figure jerseys. out
1: what uh, what kind of Cade Cunningham jersey I get when they
0: when they come up with something new. You're going to wait on that? We'll wait on that one. He'll be here for a little bit. All right. Sounds good. Let's see. Hopefully back with a pod sometime in the near future. I don't know if we're going to be weekly or not.
1: <laughs> Getting you yeah. on a schedule is not easy. <laughs>
0: but Putting me on a schedule is rough
1: right now. Sometime maybe once in the next two weeks. bi-weekly is probably a good goal. Like once every ten days would be a great average. We'll try.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we'll see what we can do and hopefully get in a group like we were last year. Yeah. I know this is probably been rough to anyone listening <laughs> nobody can we listen there hasn't, salute you any through if you made it this far i'm saying in this podcast itself oh well i did great
1: <laughs> yeah of course
0: <laughs> we'll see everybody next time goodbye hey guys
1: Today's music was made by Blank and Kit. You can find a link to their music in the description.